subject I have called Building on Eternal Foundations. Building on Eternal Foundations. I want to read from the book of Psalms 11 verse 3. Psalm 11 verse 3. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes the son of men. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous. But the wicked and those who love violence, his soul hates. John chapter 8 verse 54. John chapter 5:54. The Bible says here, Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. So you do not know him, I know him. If I said I do, did not know that I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, I want to read a few verses there. By the, God, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For, one, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on his foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what, has, if what he has built survives, he will receive his rewards. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your life-giving word. Lord, that you give our lives perspective, understanding, a deep sense of uh, purpose that speaks of every word that you have said. Because, Lord, your word is eternal. It is not just a feel-good word, but it's a word of power. It's a word that gives us life and existence. So, Lord, we pray today, Lord, that may this word be able to find entrance into your, our hearts that we may be able to really be dependent on that living word that you have given to us. We give you glory. We say thank you, Lord, for this wonderful word. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Building on eternal foundations. 
The foundation of God's family is what we must really understand very well. And of course, this is what God gives to us as a, as a you know, insight, as a revelation. Because most people who have, you know, come into this world, they don't really understand where they're coming from and where they're going to. But for us who know Jesus, our Lord and Savior, for us who are uh, determined to live our life according to the plans of God, we have wonderful knowledge and revelation that God has given to us what our life is all about. The trouble that we see in our world that, you know, uh, is happening all over is that people live for things that are not eternal. They are just, you know, uh, maybe sounding nice and good and maybe make their lives a bit more luxurious and good uh, and they, they try to do these things. Okay, that's why we have got all these troubles in our world. You know, we have uh, misunderstandings, we have violence, we have war, because people are always very, very uh, short-sighted. You know, they're looking only for what is in front of their natural eyes. They don't really understand what is the greater purpose of our lives here on earth. And that's very important for us to understand. Now, I've been saying this many times before, but I will not get tired to say it again. You know, God planned a great adventure in the depths of eternity. We don't know eternity. We cannot imagine eternity. We cannot uh, picture eternity. But God lives in eternity. And somewhere deep down in eternity, God decided on a powerful adventure. And that is to have sons, okay? So in other words, he was doing family planning. Long before anybody in this world came to think about family planning, God did that, okay? And uh, of course, you know, family planning is a tricky issue because you can plan your family, but at the end of the day, it may not work out that way as you have planned. But God planned his divine family, okay? He divined his family in every respect. You know how his sons... And of course, when I say sons, it includes both genders. It's not, it's not a gender word. It's a, it's a word that we are given by God himself, okay? So God decided how the sons should be. And not only how the sons should be, but how many there should be, okay? And that's why the Bible tells us that God is waiting for the full number to enter in, okay? So that is true family planning, not the type of family planning that sometimes we do and then, uh, uh, you know, along the way it doesn't work out. Uh, but God has planned his family something fresh, something new, and a new adventure. No wonder are we adventurous as human beings because, you know, our father is like that. Our father is always, you know, going into territory uh, that is fresh and that is new. So, no wonder that we are made in the, same, uh, in the same vein because we are made in the image and likeness of our God. Now, God designed this world, okay? And when I say this world, I may mean earth, but not just earth, but I mean the whole universe because earth alone could not exist. It needs to have the universe in which to be able to revolve, in which uh, to be able to have uh, its living. Just like we need, you know, our surrounding, we need a, a certain, you know, uh, infrastructure around ourselves, 
so also Earth needs an infrastructure, okay? Earth cannot survive without a sun. And the sun cannot uh, survive without a Milky Way. And, you know, we can go beyond this uh, further and further. So God has decided to build all of this for the very purpose to plan and build his family. And that really is the, the center of everything. Okay, now, this is what most people ignore. You know, because we are looking at uh, the past and we are saying at, at that time no human beings lived and so maybe uh, there must be some other purposes. But the purpose of God for creation is you and me. It's the family of God. Okay? God created this place as a habitable place so that we can be able to develop, so that we can be able to live out our lives so that we can be what God wants us to be in eternity. Now, this is totally amazing, okay? And uh, it may be beyond a lot of people's understanding, but that's exactly what God had in mind, okay? God is not planning haphazardly. He plans perfectly. And so for God to accomplish his goal, he made sure that everything that he was required was in place. Nothing was missing. When finally man came on earth, you know, and uh, mankind was beginning to grow, uh, everything that man needed was available, okay? Even up to today, and mankind, of course, has grown to eight billion people, and still everything is available. And, uh, of course, people are saying, you know, maybe we are growing too big one, one of these days. We cannot sustain the world anymore. Actually, that is far beyond reality. God knows how much we require to live. And he has given us a wonderful earth which is so fruitful that can produce enough food for 8 billion people. And who knows how many more will come. Maybe it will be 10 billion sometimes in the future, or 12 billion. And uh, the question is not, is it possible for us to support this kind of uh, many people? Uh, you know, look here. In Zambia alone, we have got a lot of land which we have never really uh, used to grow any crop from, okay? It's just producing grass, just producing bush. And yet all of these can be, can be land that is fruitful. And, and, and this is the mandate that God has given to Adam, that he should be fruitful and multiply, that he should work, you know, everything out according to the perfect plan of God. So now sons, of course, again, you know, son is not a gender word. Uh, sons must be like the father, made in his image and likeness. And that's exactly how God created us. He made us in his own image. He made us in his own likeness. Now the Father, our Heavenly Father, appointed the Son, the Eternal Son, who was with the Father from eternity past. And of course, this is something that is beyond our concept because we really cannot understand eternity. But Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been together from eternity to eternity to eternity, okay? So the Father appointed the Son to be the pattern for all other sons to come into the house, into the family of God. 
So Christ was made the foundation for this grand project of God. Okay? He is the eternal foundation. And of course, God put the foundation into place even before any human being was ever growing uh, up on this earth, How, before anybody came into this world. So what will be built upon Christ is what is in the plan of God. Whatever is not built on the foundation of uh, Christ has nothing to do with God's plan. So that we must understand. So the foundation of God's family is Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And, and Jesus was not just born, okay, uh, at a time when we know that he was born, uh, we celebrate Christmas on that day, it may not be the same day, but that was not just uh, the beginning of the existence of Christ. Because Christ is eternal. Christ came from the Father. Christ took off his divine garment. The eternal son came into this world in order to become a human being who walked in the, uh, in the creation of the Father as Jesus, the son, who has been or who is our pattern. Now we must understand there are two different foundations that we talk about, okay? Our personal foundation and the foundation of the, uh, the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we have heard here, Paul is saying in the book, the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, and that foundation is laid not by you or me, not even by uh, the apostles, but it has been laid by the Father himself from eternity past. Okay? That foundation is laid. Okay? No matter what. If you build on that foundation or not build on that foundation, that is your choice, my choice, our choice. Okay? When finally man arrived in God's creation, they were created in the very image and likeness of God. In the very image of the pattern son, Jesus Christ. Okay, at that time, of course, Jesus was yet in future, but Christ was there. But to be sons, it was not enough to be created in his image. For us to be sons and remain in this status of being sons of God, in, in the sonship of God, we needed to continually be resourced by Christ. Okay? That's very important. Okay? We all know. I mean, you can have, uh, 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 you know, maybe you can have somebody be born today, but if you are not feeding that, that uh, creature... Uh, that is born in your house, maybe you have cats or dogs or, or maybe you're a farmer and you have got animals. You know, uh, being born is one thing, but you cannot expect a newborn creature just to continue growing without being resourced, isn't it? So what is true for any creation, that is true for us as spiritual sons of the living God. Okay, and when God created Adam and Eve, he created them physical as well as spiritually alive, 
okay? They had life. And in fact, they had the life of God. They had eternal life, if you don't know. Okay? And that eternal life could only be cut short by disobedience to God. Okay? God told them, if you disobey, if you are not keeping the one rule that I give you, then you will surely die. But actually, God gave them life. The spiritual world, they were fully able to function. They could work, you know, uh, without sweat in the creation of God. And they could also be able to have relationship and fellowship with the living God because that is how God gave them their life. They were made in the image and in the likeness of their father and in the likeness of Christ. But then, of course, they needed to be resourced by the stream of food, not just from the world, but from God himself. Uh, you know, right now, there are a lot of talks about uh, food security because, you know, wheat is in short supply because of the war that is happening uh, in, in the Ukraine and Russia. Okay, and people are worried, you know, what will happen? Prices are going up and most probably we'll see that, uh, we will see that in our shops. Thank God, Zambia is self-sufficient on food, but it may still have an effect on us. Okay, so food is very important. Uh, I'm sure all of us, we have had breakfast, and if you're not having had breakfast and you're looking forward for your lunch, uh, and maybe for your supper, you know, we all, we all take care of our bodies because, you know, eating is natural, it's normal. Okay? Even if you stay away from food for a while, you know, maybe you're doing some fasting uh, at one time or the other, but it is natural and normal to, to, to feed your body, to take care of your body. The same thing is true for our spiritual dimension, for our spiritual life. Okay? We need to feed our spiritual life just like we do our natural. And yet, very often we forget that. Okay? Very often we fall short of that. Now the resource that God gave to Adam and Eve was a garden of uh, everything plentiful. You know, it's called a paradise. Everything was growing and nothing needed to be taken care of by Adam and Eve in the sense of sweating like it had happened later on. Uh, everything grew plentiful in the Garden of Eden. Okay, all Adam needed to do was organize it, administrate it, take care of it. Okay, and it was a fulfillment of his life. Okay, work is meant to fulfill us. It's not, not meant to trouble us. A lot of people don't like work, but actually work is what we are here for, okay? Only that it must be sensible work, okay? It must be work that is fulfilling the purpose of God in our lives. And a lot of people have never found that type of work, and that's why they hate work and become lazy. But God has not created us to be lazy. Laziness means that you are missing the real reason for your existence, now, Adam and Eve, they could eat 
from every tree and, 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 you know, from every plant that was in the Garden of Eden, God told him that all the trees were very beautiful to look at. It was not just one tree, but all of the trees were beautiful to look at and they were having wonderful fruits and, you know, whatever grew in the Garden of Eden was, was plentiful, was without weeds. Just imagine, without weeds, everything grew the way God, the creator, had made it and meant it to be. So, as far as their physical requirements were concerned, everything was taken care of. As far as their spiritual life was concerned, also God took care of that. Okay, and there was the tree of life in the center of the garden. Okay? The tree of life was the resource of Adam and Eve, spiritually speaking. So whenever they would come to God, they would be able to approach the tree of life and they would, have be, would, would be able to have fellowship and, and be resourced spiritually from that very source of life. Of course, the tree of life is a representation of Christ right inside of God's creation, right in the center of everything that God had created. So it was not difficult to find the resource of God because God made it available and God made it accessible to everyone. Okay, at that time there were only two, but even if all of us would have come, we would have still been able to access this resource that God had been putting into the Garden of Eden. But of course, this accessing of the resource of God could only happen by our choice, okay? We had a choice, and God gave us a choice, okay? I mean, Adam and Eve could decide every day from which fruits they wanted to eat because there were so many of them. But then, of course, there was one tree God said, from that tree, please do not eat because this is the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, and by God's grace, by God's goodness, by God's mercy, he didn't want us to know evil, okay? So he said, this tree, do not participate, because once you participate of this tree, you will become part of this world of evil, and evil will take an upper hand in your life, and you will eventually die. In fact, God said, you will surely die. You know, so the eternal nature of life that God has given to human beings created in the image and likeness of God could only be sustained if they would be resourced from the very resource God gave them through the tree of life that is Christ our Lord and our God. But then, of course, they decided they would go for the other tree the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that tree that God really didn't want them to partake of. Okay, you, you have heard the, the, the saying that you are what you are eating. Okay, and of course they became what they were eating. You know, they were eating the fruit of good and evil and they became part of this world of good and evil. Now, we must understand there are a lot of things 
in this world of good and evil that happen, and some people say, this is great, this is powerful, this is nice, but it is not of God. Okay? What is of God must be accessed from the tree of life. What is of God must come through the logos, the word of the living God. What comes, you know, from God becomes real and life. You know, the logos is the word of God. And when it comes into our lives, it becomes rhema. It becomes, you know, substance that we can be able to live on. And unfortunately, this is what our first parents decided to, to live on the site, not resource themselves anymore from there, but to resource themselves from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And of course, that's when the trouble started. So God had to uh, give us a choice because God is never going to manipulate any human being. God is never going to push you into a certain into a certain corner for you to do certain things. And that's very important. You know, this is why today, when there are so many so-called uh, prophets or men of God, you know, trying to manipulate human beings to do a certain things which they want the people to, uh, to do, that is not God's way. Okay, and I'll talk about it, you know, when we build uh, the life that God has given to us, when we build upon the foundation of God, we must never use manipulation. Because God never manipulates. God has given us a free choice. It's very interesting that Christians sometimes, they are trying to, to, to limit the choice of people. You know, people make choices in life. And even in our societies, you hear people make their, their, their decisions, they make choices. And then Christians are rising up to try and, 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 and demolish that choice. Actually, God is not like that. Okay? Very interesting. God has given us a free will. He tells us what is, what is not good, but he is not forcing us to, do, to, to take the, the right way. Okay? Right now, you know, there are the culture wars being fought about all kinds of different things, you know, about drugs, about abortion, about so many other issues that are being fought. And Christians sometimes they come out and they are trying to condemn everything. And of course, yes, we have a value system, that's for sure. But we must understand that God has given a free will to everybody. Okay? Even if that is a poor decision people are making, it's still their choice. Okay, I'm shocking you. Okay, but uh, I, I, I can just tell you, this is, this is how God gave us choice. Okay, God has given us the ability to make our choice. And of course, he will examine our lives. He will one day call us to give an account of our lives. You know, just like when we go to school, one day the day of examination will come and then, you know, our choices will be tested. And exactly that is what is happening even in our lives. But God is not forcing us. Okay? It's very rare that God stands in our way. Now, thank God, sometimes God will use strong words, strong measures in order to help his children because he's a father, he's a good father. Okay, 
But if we make a choice, God will not take us to task. Remember, we have talked about the so-called prodigal son, okay, the son that decided to walk away from his father. Uh, that was uh, uh, the, the son who was uh, feeling he had no more needs for a father. He had no more need for anything the father represented except the money that he would get from him. And so he got his money and walked away. And his father did not stop him. Okay? Why does God allow that? God allows it because he has given us a free will. And he has given us time, okay, in, in which we can do whatever we decide to do. And if we do the wrong thing, he has given us even time to repent. Okay? So if you would immediately... Uh, judge us and, 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 and do away with us, then we would not be able to repent. So, yes, of course, this is the world that God has created for us to grow and to make our decisions in life. So when the word of God is being preached, it is just appealing to us to do what is right, okay? To resource our lives from the Logos, the Word of God, to resource our life through the rhema that becomes our nourishment every single day. But God is not forcing you. I'm sure many times you and I, we have made wrong decisions. Just think about it. Maybe you remember just one right now. You made a wrong decision and you knew it is wrong. You know what you're doing, what we're doing, we are not supposed to do. And you were not expecting God to hammer you right then and there. Am I right? No, he didn't. Actually, God allowed you to go and do what you decided to do. Because he has given us a free will. And even if I've talked about this free will, you know, many of us have not understood that. Okay, so we have a free will, we can decide. God is not going to immediately, uh, you know, interfere with us when we do what we want to do instead of what he wants to do in our lives. But then, you know, the Bible says that God examines everybody. Okay, let me read this again, Psalm 11 verse 3. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Okay? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on the heavenly throne. He observes the son of men, the sons of men. His eyes examine them. Okay, now that's true for every human being. Okay? God examines every human being. So he, he's not unaware of the things that happen in this world, good or evil. He knows. Then it says in verse 5 here, Psalm 11, 5, and that's very important. The Lord examines the righteous. Okay? Apart from examining everybody, he is examining the righteous. So I'm not talking about those who are outside. Yes, if they make their choice, it's their choice. Okay? And there are some people who think, you know, uh, that people should not have a right to make the decision. 
uh, because they want to create a heaven on earth, but that's impossible. You know, there will never be a heaven on earth. It will never happen. Okay? That's why you can never expect a political system to become a godly system. Are you hearing me? You know, uh, consecutive generations of the church, even in our country, have thought, okay, if we get this government, then, then we have a godly government. Don't expect that. It cannot happen. It will not happen. It's not designed by our creator to happen because this is the world system. You understand? So people have a choice. Let them do what they want to do. Of course, there are laws in this land which are far more restrictive than the laws of God. You know, in the, the law of God was only one, one rule, isn't it? In the beginning, there was only one rule. Don't eat from that particular tree. Finished. Today, we have got many more rules, and uh, you have got a freedom of choice. If you break the laws, you are answerable to the courts of law. You are answerable to the authorities. Okay? And of course, that's true not only in this world. This is true to the world of God, because one day we'll have to answer. So the Lord examines the righteous. And it's important for us to understand God who examines the righteous will one day in your city give us the result of the examination. Okay, when you are sitting for an examination, and those of you who are students or have been students, you all know you're waiting for that day when the exams, the, the results are out from the exams, isn't it? There's a lot of scrambling for that day, you know, when the exams are supposed to be made, made known because we want to know the results. The results. Sadly, we don't care about God's examination very often. Okay? Very often we do our own thing. We don't, we don't worry what God thinks about it. And, and we don't even wait for the results of God's examination. We must understand that that will come. So, we are here on this earth to build upon God's foundation. So the real purpose of our life is to build and develop upon the foundation of God. Okay? If we are not walking in the ways of God, that's our choice. But for those who have decided to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, they need to order their life according to the, the rules that we find in the Word of God. Okay, so now we have... Choice number one, okay? Choice number one is, have we chosen to build on the foundation of God? Okay? That is already laid and no other foundation can be laid and that is Christ Jesus. Okay? That's the first choice. Okay? And it's a good choice to make that decision to build our life on the foundation of Christ. Okay? First Corinthians very clearly says that, you know, by the, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? The, the foundation of Christ is an eternal decision by the Father to lay the foundation who is going to be eternal. Okay? Christ is eternal. So, you have a choice 
whether you will build on that foundation or you will not build on that foundation. Okay? If you do not build on the foundation of God, then you do not really matter anymore for God. Okay? Unless uh, or un until maybe you, get to rep you, 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 you repent. You get my point? That's important for us to understand. Now, choice number two is how do we build? Okay? What kind of materials do we utilize in our building? What kind of work are we going to do in order to build on that foundation? And again, there is an examination whether this will be done and how that will be done. Okay? So if you're never entering a university, you will never need to sit for an examination in a university. That's very easy, isn't it? So the righteous will have different examinations than those who don't care about God's work, God, who don't care about God's foundation. So they will be outside. So God examines the work of everybody, you know, mankind as a whole, but then he examines the righteous in a very peculiar way. And uh, Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, and we know gold and silver and costly stones are valuable materials, okay? These are materials that will not be burned up. These are materials that have got uh, great value. On the other hand, other materials that have less value, okay, that is wood, hay, and straw. And we all know <clears throat> how, many, how many huts have been burned up because one day maybe a brazier was left on or maybe people were asleep and, you know, something happened and, you know, fire was spreading very quickly. If you build a house of gold, it will not burn because gold has been in the fire already. It is not threatened by fire. Silver has been in the crucible already. It will not be threatened by, by fire. But wood, okay, we use it for fire wood, isn't it? And even if you have wood that is not firewood but is used for construction material, it can still burn, okay? And more so even the the straw or the hay, you know, I mean, hay and straw is uh, the dried material, you know, the grass that grows in the, in the, in the fields, uh, when it is dried up, yes, we can build wonderful roofs out of it, and they're powerful, uh, even, even much more comfortable to be under than, than tin roof, okay, because they're taking off the heat, but when fire gets there, okay, there's a danger that it can be burned up. So whatever we use in our building process, in our life, it has to come under scrutiny. In fact, it is under scrutiny. The Lord examines all of these things. And hopefully not only the Lord, but even we ourselves. Actually, we are called 
to examine what we are building. And the Bible says if you judge yourself, if you judge what you're building and you're finding it, it's not good enough and you remove it, then you will not be judged. Okay? That's one of the reasons why God has brought us the Holy Communion because it's a, it's a time where we should reflect about what we're building, what we're doing. Is it in line with what Christ has given us to build or is it just our own thing that we are doing? So all of us, we are meant to examine ourselves. We are meant to be careful of how we are building. So Paul says, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. Okay, which day is that? That's examination day, okay? Examination day will bring to light what you have learned. And you know, I mean, this is something that happens and repeats itself over and over again that people, uh, you know, they, they take uh, their, their studies lightly, okay? They take, you know, their, uh, their future uh, preparation lightly. They're not preparing well, well for, very well for, for the exams and when finally the examination comes, they scratch their head and they wonder, what am I going to do next, you know? And then they're looking at somebody else's uh, results. They're looking of how to cheat in one way or the other. But the reality is they don't have the answers. Okay? Examination day will bring it to light. I'm sure all of us, we have uh, had examinations where it came to light that certain things you didn't know. Am I right? You sat there, scratch your head, and you're looking for that extra question. Hopefully, you know, that will bail you out because the, 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 the main questions you have no answer to. So you're trying to get the supplementary question. Hopefully, you will know that. If you also don't know that, you know, your exam is done and trashed. So God says, whatever we do, our work and our building materials, that is up to us. It's our choice. And we need to make sure that we build something that has a lasting effect. If you are not sure what the building materials are, let me just read for you uh, uh, a very short scripture that we all know, but sometimes don't really bring it into relationship with with uh, what we're talking about here. The Bible tells us that the building material that lasts is what Galatians 5 verse 22 calls the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, that is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Wow. Okay, so when we build, okay, God wants us to build with love. Because that's why he doesn't give us any force, okay? You can't force love. Force will hinder love from developing. So God gives us a free will because he wants his love 
out of a free heart. Not somebody who is manipulated, not somebody who is put in a corner and then you're doing what the, you know, uh, the, the person who is manipulating uh, tells you to do. No, we, we're not doing this kind of thing. Okay? Unfortunately, these things happen in our world. Okay? They happen in the political world. They happen even in the spiritual world. They happen in the church. But that's not what God is building. God is building differently. Okay? Without manipulation. That's all what I do. I just bring to you the word of God and the choice is yours. Okay? I'm not putting any pressure. I'm not saying, you know, uh, hell is going to fall on you. <laughs> you know, some people, they are very good in threatening people. If you're not making this decision, you go to hell. And then they're trying to make hell so, so hot and so powerful that people are now shivering and saying, oh, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Okay? Well, that's the consequence, yes. But, but then, you know, uh, even if somebody makes a choice just because uh, somebody painted he hell so red hot, that's not a good choice, you know? Because we should make our choice out of love. And these are the building materials that, you will agree with me, are not easy to, to be used, okay? Sometimes... To love people who are troubling you is tough. Am I right? Yesterday we were with the youth and, you know, there was one very powerful question that many of us may have. You know, the question was, what if I do everything but the other person trying want to do anything good to me? Have you experienced that? You know, you're trying to do good, you're trying to help, you're trying to reach out, you're trying to do everything possible. You let love flow. But then, instead of having love come back to you, you have somebody ignoring you, somebody running away from you, or whatever, you know? Actually, you cannot force anybody to love you. Even so, you love others. And this is what the work of Jesus tells us very clearly. Jesus has loved the whole world, but only, only a fraction of the world is actually agreeing to walk on his way and love him. Okay, love him with all of our heart, all our soul, all our mind. You know, many are not. And yet God still pours out his goodness, his kindness, his love upon all of us. Okay, so we need to show the very love of Christ. So if you have done everything that you could in loving some other people or people around you, you know, you've done well. You've built with costly stones. You've built with gold and silver. And if they don't love you, that's not your problem, you know. Leave them to make their own decision. Hopefully your love will convince them that you are very genuine and that they should also love you back. But if it doesn't, you keep loving. That's what God does. Okay? Jesus was nailed to the cross. And he didn't, he didn't come to, to vow to them that he's going to destroy them when he comes back. But he says, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they're doing. That's the kind of building material that we should use in our life. Okay? The fruit of the Spirit. The love, joy, peace. Live in peace with everyone. Okay? Very easily being said, but sometimes very difficult to be done, isn't it? 
because there are some people who don't like you. But as far as you are concerned, live in peace with everybody, even, even those who don't like you. Okay? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these are things that are hearts. Okay? But we need to bear the fruits of the Spirit because these are the building materials that will last. When God examines you and he finds those things, he finds love in your life. He wants joy, the joy of your salvation, the peace of God, you know, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. When he finds these things, there is no law against it. Okay? So, no judgment. You will have an examination and you will pass with flying colors. But then, of course, there are the other building materials. And we read them in the same chapter, verse 18, verse 19. The acts of the flesh. Okay, this is now not coming from what God works through us, in us. But this comes from our old nature. Okay, from the old angry person that we have been. Or that we are. <clears throat> And the Bible says the acts of the flesh. And this is now the, the wood, the hay, and the straw. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, kingdom <clears throat> of God. Okay? You may say, oh, but I'm, I'm building on the foundation of Christ. <clears throat> this is incompatible with the foundation of Christ. Okay? Wood, hay, and straw, these acts of the flesh are incompatible with the building materials that God is building his house, his temple, his eternal place where we are going to be able to live with him forever and ever. <clears throat> and these things, they will burn. Okay? They will not last. They will not be able to uh, survive the fire, the heat at all. And so that's why it is important that we build wisely. Okay? We are challenged by the Lord okay and the word of God is challenging us it's not forcing us but it gives us the options okay Jews in the book of Deuteronomy uh, we have a very powerful word where uh, God was presenting a choice for the people choose you today who you want to follow and you know this is what God always does God says, choose. First of all, do you want to build on the, on, on the foundation of God? Okay, on the foundation of Christ that is eternal? Because, you know, we also, as individuals, have a foundation. If our foundation is on the foundation of Christ, then we are okay. But if our foundation is being destroyed, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of people have their foundations destroyed. And then the question is, what will the righteous do if the, if the foundations are being destroyed? 
So that's the question. Are you on a solid foundation? Even in your life? Jesus himself told us the story of the foolish man and the wise man. Okay? The one who was building his house <clears throat> on sand, and he was very fast. And the other one who was building his house on the rock. And it took time. Okay? For you to dig foundations that are really going to be grounded on the rock, you need to have a bit of sweat. You need to invest more money into the foundation than the other one who is just building on sand. But then, sooner or later, the test will come. Okay? You can read it in the book of Luke 646 or even in the book of Matthews. It's actually on your bulletin. You know, uh, I'm not going to read it right now. But <clears throat> what I'm just bringing to you is the fact that every house, that means every life that is before God will come into a testing period. Everyone, all of us. And ask yourself, is what I, have, what I have built, is it going to last or is it not going to last? Sometimes we know that certain things that we have been doing in our lives they are not going to last. They're not going to be there for, for the stretch of time. Because we know this has been poor planning, poor decision making, poor building materials. And if we see such things, it's better we remove them and build something good. Of course, you know, a foundation is on the bottom of your house. And if the foundation is poor, even if your house is finished, you will see cracks all over the place. And then it's hard to rectify the foundation. But it's better, better you break down your house and start afresh and build properly because what you build should last not for a few days, but for eternity. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul is writing to Timothy and says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Okay, so you should not need to be ashamed about what you have built but you should be able to be confident what I've built is going to be able to stand the test of time. And of course, it's not your verdict that counts. It's the verdict of Christ. So let God show you whether you have passed the examination. Hey, well done, good and faithful. Whether God will issue a test certificate and say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the, count, that, that's the, the decision that that we need to hear from the mouth of God. So whatever we are doing in our life, it has to be tested sooner or later. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Okay, if you have decided to build on the foundation of Christ, then you are the temple of the living God. Okay, you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. So what you do with your life is absolutely crucial. Don't destroy the temple of the Lord. You say, it's my life, I have a choice. 
You know, that's a very big argument right now in the, in the, in the debate of, 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 of whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, you know. Uh, the thing is my life. No, you are not alone in this world. You are here. You have been born into a family. You have a mother, you have a father, you have siblings, you have got, uh, you know, you have got the neighborhood, you have got a nation, you have got the world to take care of. And we are challenged to take care of each other. Jesus was saying, I gave you an example when he was washing the feet of his disciples. Now, if I, your master and Lord, have done so, you should also do likewise. So we have a responsibility. It's not my body. Actually, the body belongs not to me alone. It belongs to God, number one, and it belongs even to the family of God here in this world. So what aren't you? Okay? If you are careless, it will hurt others in your family. And that's why it is important that we have the highest standard of integrity in our life. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. The Bible says, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows who are his. You have heard, God examines the righteous. God examines you. If you are claiming to be uh, born again, and you have come to the righteousness of God, you know, not your own righteousness because that is like filthy rags, but you are, you are pursuing the righteousness of God in your life, then God has to examine you, okay? And the Bible says here, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Okay, here there is a must. Okay, if you confess to be built upon the foundation of God, if you are developing into the, the, the temple of the living God, then you must turn away from wickedness because otherwise these two things are incompatible. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold or silver, but also of wood and clay, some for noble purposes, and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy and useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Brothers and sisters, that's our choice. We have to make that choice. Okay? The first choice is that we follow Christ. The second choice is that we are building our life, that we are doing away with everything that is not compatible with the life of God in our lives. Okay? And along the way, you know, we need to, we need to assess ourselves. Are we a vessel of honor or are we a vessel of, of trash? Okay? All of us, we have got trash bins at home, I'm sure. You know, whatever you use for a trash bin, even if it's an old plastic. But you know, in the trash bin, you, you throw everything that has no value for you, isn't it? Everything that is not necessary, you throw it there. 
you wouldn't have the idea to throw the trash in the bowl or in the pot which is cooking your next meal. Am I right? No, you would actually keep that place very, very clear and very clean. And the Bible tells us that we are meant to keep our lives clean, cleansing ourselves from the wickedness. If a man cleanses himself, okay, this is a responsibility that we all have. We need to cleanse ourselves. And as I said earlier on, if we judge ourselves, if we judge what is not right in our lives and remove it, then we will not come into judgment. Okay? Because when the exam comes, these things are already removed. So God wants us to become vessels for noble purposes that he can use because we are made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Hey, this is amazing, huh? So if God calls on you for some work that he wants you to do, you must be willing to say, here I am, send me, okay? To do the good work of God. And yet very often we are so, so unwilling, you know? I know I'm so busy right now. I've got so many things to do, okay? I've got no time. Meanwhile, your life is given to you by God. Your time is given to you by God. You know, when God calls you, you should respond. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 says that God has sent Christ to bring many sons to glory. That is his desire. He wants to bring us to glory. He doesn't want to fail on the way, okay? But of course, you know, it depends on our free will. It depends whether we are cooperating with him or not. Because one thing we must recognize, and, and this is what I want to complete my journey today, you know, in bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. So if you are suffering, just understand God is perfecting you. Okay? Don't cry. Why? Don't whine and complain. But just understand that God is perfecting you. Even Jesus had to go through that. Both one who makes men holy and those who are being made holy are of the same family. Praise the Lord. So here we are back to where we started. Okay? I've told you in the beginning that God planned a great adventure when he was planning for his family, you know, family planning, having sons. And finally, he will come to have his sons, okay, of all gender. God will have his sons. And uh, we are of the same family. And the Bible says Jesus is not ashamed to call them brethren. Praise the Lord. Okay. He is our pattern, okay? He's the pattern son, and we should be formed according to the pattern of Christ. He is the foundation on which we stand. And we are building, we are working to build something powerful on that foundation. And let us make good choices in our life, okay? If you claim to be a child of God, then you have claimed that you are now building on the foundation, on the rock, if you build on the rock, the building 
material that you use must be compatible with the foundation, must be compatible with the rock. So, brothers and sisters, God has created us in his own image and likeness. And we must choose to eat from the tree of life. But we must also choose to use the right kind of building material, as I've read for you. Love, joy, goodness, kindness, you know, many of these wonderful fruits of the Holy Spirit that do not come easily, but they will be able to become reality if we are defeating these lower purposes of our flesh, if we are dealing with our flesh in our lives. So may the Lord bless you richly. Remember, we are building on an eternal foundation. A foundation that is laid cannot be replaced by anything or anybody. It is the foundation, Christ our Lord. And every one of us must build their foundation on God's foundation. Okay? If your foundation is destroyed, you cannot build on the foundation of God. So what will the righteous do? This is a powerful question, and every one of us should ask that question. What will I do if I have lost my foundation? What will I do if my, my foundation is being destroyed? That's why we need to make sure that our input, that our life is compatible with the very building materials that God has given to us. You know, the river of the life of God is flowing constantly. Strength, encouragement, power. You know, whatever you need, it's there. But we need to depend on it. We need to let it flow inside of our life. And when we do, then we can be able to build the kind of life that pleases God, the kind of temple in which God is going to live in. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful that we can be part of your powerful, wonderful plan. Lord, you have entered into a great adventure when you decided to have sons. And Lord, here we are, part of this powerful adventure. And thank you, Lord, that you have planned for us, that you have blessed us, that you have a great future for us, Lord, that you're looking forward how we can be able to relate with you, not just in time, but in eternity to come. And Lord Jesus, I pray, may we be all fitting into this temple of the living God. Lord, may we be built to that house in which you can live, in which you rejoice to live, because it's a temple that is compatible with your value system. So, Lord Jesus, help us to eradicate the materials of the flesh from our life so that, Lord, what we are building will be able to have eternity value. It will remain forever and ever. 
So, Lord Jesus, I pray for each and every one of us who is here today, even everyone who is listening from a distance to this message. Lord, let us not be hearers only, but let us be doers of the word of God. Lord, help us to examine our own actions, our own products, what we have produced in our lives. And Lord, whatever is not standing up to your value system, Lord, help us to deal with it and remove it so that your name can be glorified in each and every one of our lives. We thank you, Father, for giving us your Son, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for this great and wonderful prospect that we are part of your family for eternity to come. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that work inside of each and every one of us so that we can become worthy sons to be of the same family, the family of our Father in heaven. Lord, we give you praise. We give you honor. We say thank you for everything that you continue to do in our lives. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. By the way, before I go...